House of Kayfabe. House of Kayfabe presents the good, the bad, and the ugly. NXT. A complete review of last night's NXT Halloween Havoc right here on The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And I am lucky enough to be sitting here with the only Derek Jones that matters and the only Stephen P. New that matters. And they're both here with me on the only podcast that matters. Well, except for one other one that I can think of. But either, either way, we're on a great podcast here, and we're about to uh, talk about tonight or last night's. Well, it's tonight for us. It's last night for whoever's listening to this, or maybe you listen to it two weeks from now. Who knows? But either way, Stephen P. New, Derek Jones, how you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> All right, awesome. Sorry to sorry to jump in there, Steve, but. I, I, I want to kind of get it off my chest, Brian. You, you kind of threw me a little bit of a curve. But okay. I'm okay with it. You know, Wednesday, it's, it's my AEW day. I know. Me too. Me but, too. But but you got me to watch NXT on Wednesday. Like, I always watch it either way, but I usually watch it, you know, the, the next day or something. I always uh, do too. You got me to watch it live, and it was worth it this week. It really was. It was worth it. I knew that it was going to be because of the Halloween Havoc thing. I've been waiting on this. For so long for them to bring back Halloween Havoc, and they finally did it. So I had to do a good, the bad, and the ugly on Halloween Havoc, even though I normally watch AEW on Wednesday Night Live as well, and then I watch NXT the next day, but I'm going to do vice versa, and I still am am thinking about AEW a whole lot. I I wish I had two TVs. I could have put them side by side, and we could do this show about both episodes, but we cannot do that. Uh, we, We will watch it tomorrow, though. Steve? Did you, what is your normal Wednesday night? Do you normally watch AEW or do you normally watch NXT? Normally, you know, if I'm not working late or anything like that on a Wednesday night, I'll watch AEW, then I'll watch NXT on Thursday, and that leaves me Friday for SmackDown. I mean, that's my normal week. So I wonder if that is a normal thing for all fans. Because, I mean, we got three fans here. All three of us do the exact same thing and watch AEW live and then watch NXT the next day. I wonder how many fans actually do that exact same thing. I'd say a fair number. I would say a fair number as well. I'd say that you could probably get that fair number from the uh, Wednesday Night War rating sheets. Well, that's not accurate and let me tell you the reason why the 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 ratings counters count dvrs and things like that if you watch within i think it's either 48 hours or 72 hours so you know if you do that's why the ratings aren't released for a couple of days so if you watch nxt the next day your viewership counts towards their ratings number right so tonight tonight we watched nxt halloween havoc and there was not a whole lot of bad stuff in this show. There was some, and we are going to talk about it. But all in all, I, I enjoyed it. I kind of felt like this show was made for me. It starts out with Marilyn Manson as the theme song. The new song, Don't Chase the Dead, that come off the, the new album, We Are Chaos, which is fantastic if you haven't heard it. And then you got the wheel, you got the set. Man, the set was incredible. The feel was great. It it, it just it popped the ten year old me inside. 
definitely a lot of tips of the cap to the old Halloween havocs of years gone by. So yeah, I, I can go with that. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome, and I love spin the wheel, make the deal. The only thing that could have made that better for me is if the wheel would have been the exact wheel from WCW, or if it would have been an exact replica of that wheel. It could have been just just a smidgen, just a smidgen better for me if that would have been the case. Because just the fan in me, I wanted to see the the exact wheel that I remember. But it was still awesome to have the wheel. I don't know why the wheel has never happened since 93. Like, this is the first time it's happened since 93. Why? It was a good concept. It was a great concept. And and really, they should have used it a lot more. And even if they would have just kept it with Halloween Havoc every year, um, it, it, it's a great idea, has great matches on it. And you could have kept the same matches every single year and just then a different match every year. So we all agree. The set was awesome. The feel was awesome. And uh, we go into... It had a pay-per-view feel. It did. It and very- I mean, honest, for a Wednesday night show... I thought it had a pay-per-view feel to it, which is always nice. You know, having grown up in the 80s and gotten uh, Clash of Champions for free on TBS and things like that, uh, I, I liked that. I liked the pay-per-view feel to it. Sort of like how Clash of the Champions was on TV, but it still felt like a pay-per-view. Exactly. So this first match, first of all, Johnny Gargano's pumpkin king outfit and his pumpkin king entrance fan of it or not yeah i thought it was cool i i, I did i thought it was really cool and and so that match first of all damian priest looks like a giant compared to johnny gargano i think there is no way in hell johnny gargano is five foot ten as wikipedia says <laughs> i don't believe he's five ten and damian priest is six five that makes him about an inch taller than i am and I can't imagine being that much bigger than a professional wrestler. So that's it, it, five foot ten. But he, the, the size difference was definitely apparent. Would you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I don't know that I would say Gargano is five ten. Uh, you know, you and I side by side, you, you're quite bigger than I am. I'm five nine, and I'm pretty sure I'm about an inch and a half, two inches taller than Gargano. I would say that you were correct. Because I am bigger than you, but I'm not as bigger than you as Damian Priest was tonight on, on Johnny Gargano. No, not even close. But what do you think about this match? This match was really good, in my opinion. The the match from start to finish, as a whole, was was a great match. It had a little, it had a couple rough spots. You know, Damian Priest trying to walk the ropes early in the match, he kind of flubbed a little bit, but he, he saved himself. Uh, didn't quite, you know, botch it all together. Um, yeah, the match was great. And and to talk about Gargano's gear, like the Jack Skellington gear was perfect. And I liked that uh, Candice sort of like come out later on with the Sally get up as well to go along with it. It, right. it was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Steve, what do you, you think about this match? I didn't like about the match. I, I loved the match because I love these two competitors. I think both these guys, I don't care what size they are, both these guys can go. Both these guys are absolute top guys. Uh, heck of a way to open open your show. I, I didn't understand, nor did I like the guy in the screen mask coming out. I mean, I I think they could have gotten to the end of the match without that guy coming out. I, I didn't think it added much to it, it. We didn't even get the uh, the reveal of who that even was right. 
I think that was the the one of the worst parts is, is you got this one guy who's helping both Johnny and Candace, and we don't even find out who it is. And it's it's Halloween. Right. You're supposed to find out who the Halloween Phantom is. I mean, the Halloween Phantom is it, it, it's tradition. We're supposed to find out, and we did not. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I was really hoping for like a mask reveal. Maybe, you know, when Shotzi had him up on her shoulders getting ready to dump him, you yeah. know, something would have happened there. Um, and that would have been great. It that would've... way you could have seen the reaction on the way down, too. Exactly. So this next segment, we've got Pat, Pat McAfee coming out. And, man, he is turning in. He Like, he is like, do you remember when The Miz first showed up and he just he just did not belong? He just didn't fit in. And it took him years to actually be considered like, hey, this guy is a wrestler. This guy's not a real-world guy. This guy's not a, uh, a road rules guy. This guy is a wrestler. It took him a while. Pat McAfee has skipped all that. Like, he is already awesome. I mean, his promos are great. And I'm, I, hope, I hope that you agree with me, Derek. I, I, I'm not sure if you do or not. I am the furthest thing from agreeing with you. Pat McAfee <laughs> is is my downfall of this show. Really? Um, so this is your bad or this is your ugly? Uh, he he falls under both. Uh, <laughs> bad and ugly. Bad and ugly. And it's it's bad because I really like Danny Birch. I, I really yeah. like there's something about Danny Birch, man. I, I really like him. Uh, I hate that he's aligned himself with Pat McAfee. The only thing that saves that segment at all is the return of Pete Dunn. I think that there's a lot that, to say for that segment. I, I think Pete Dunn coming out was great. Pete Dunn turning was great. Uh, I, the whole thing was great. I, I don't know why. Why are you shitting on Pat McAfee? Where do you stand on Pat McAfee, Steve? He's obviously a great promo. You can tell that he talks about 25 hours a day. I bet the man talks in his sleep. And you can tell that that he's a professional Announcer, you can tell that he has uh, a show that he prepares for day in and day out. That's very popular, and man, he's got heat. You know, talking about flying back in his private aircraft to Indianapolis and doing this, that, or the other, and you know what he's going to do and what he should have done, and this, that, or the other. Let me tell you my problem with the segment, though. Uh, so Kyle O'Reilly is a member of the Undisputed Era, correct? Do I have my factions, my that, NXT factions you correct? Are, you are correct. Let me tell you what I always despise about anything that happens related to a faction. And he, he's teamed up with three other guys, right? That's right. Why is he coming to the ring solo and getting jumped by either two, three, or four guys? Where's the rest of his faction? Well, we've got injuries, don't we, Derek? He's yeah. injured. Yeah, he he actually is still considered on the injured list as well. I, I know he's he's not cleared yet, but he's healthy. Well, you know, quote unquote cleared yet. He's healthy. The other guys are still injured. Yeah, all three are are injured. Correct. Yes. Yeah, it's a bad time to be undisputed era because I believe undisputed era. It, it sounds like a mash unit. <laughs> sounds like the ICU instead of the UE. Well, well, anyway, well, I guess that explains that. The ICU came out, uh, and Kyle O'Reilly gets his butt kicked. I did like to see the return, uh, but, man, I just think Pat McAfee's money. I think uh, he on is, On the microphone, too. I think he's money. How do you not like this guy at all, Derek? 
I, I don't know. There's something about the guy. And it could be, you know, the first time he ever showed up on WWE TV, he's got on a nice dress shirt and a, and a, and a sport coat and cargo shorts. Yeah, that was goofy. Kind of threw me a little bit and, and maybe just rubbed me the wrong way from day one. And I've just never transitioned back to even give him a chance. But it also <laughs> bothers me because I, I broke down this this show um, I almost called it a pay-per-view, Stephen. You're right. It did have that feel. I, I broke down this show. So they gave him 11 minutes, which was more than two of the matches on the card, to just talk. Yeah. I mean. I, Shorter promo, me- you get to the turn faster, and you clear. The, I, I mean, you're right, Derek. That's probably a five, six-minute segment max. Yeah. And, you know, give somebody else an opportunity to wrestle. All right, right so. because the, the I mean, the match that followed was, you know, Jake Atlas and, and um, Escobar, and they went five minutes. They could have went ten and done so much more. I, I Well, let's just go ahead and talk about that match. What, what did you think about that match? A solid match. It just rushed, man. It was so, so rushed. And it to was. have the presence of uh, Joaquin Wild and, and Raw Mendoza on the outside and only get, you know, that one little bit of interaction from them because, again, you know, you've got five minutes to go out there and do what you're supposed to do when in reality you could build a, such a bigger story around Jake Atlas and, and build him up later on. I'm yeah, so- they needed a little bit more time to showcase. I, I mean, obviously, I, I think, you know, from a, a match perspective, I don't think there was any fall off. And sometimes when, when you're watching a wrestling show, you know, you get that fall off a little bit. You, you come out and, and you got an opening match like the opening match that we got tonight with Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. You're, you, you would be afraid of a little bit of fall off, right? Not in this case. I agree. They needed eight, nine minutes to go. Man, I'm really glad you guys paid attention to that match because I took a phone call and was only on the phone call for like three minutes, it felt like, and it was over and done with. And I was like, man, I, I missed that one. I hope there wasn't any gems in there. Yeah, it was, no, it was just missing some story and some development that those two guys deserve. Yeah. But when I got off the phone and I came back in, I definitely had to add to my good list because I heard Bad Street, Atlanta, GA. <laughs> and here comes... Michael P.S. Hayes out of a van full of zombies for no reason with a orange suit on and uh, looking man, like the great pumpkin I, has come out of a pedophile van. But I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it because it was the first of the WCW feel that was going on that night. But unfortunately, it did lead us to something that starts my bad. Yes. Cameron Grimes. Ah like this guy i like trevor lee i like cameron grimes this part of the character that they showed us tonight this character direction is wrong for this person like this did not like the way that they were i mean what was he afraid of halloween costumes and then like his voice the way that he was you could tell that it was somebody who doesn't talk like that pretending to talk like that and it really showed on this show because he had a lot of dialogue so i was i was not cool with how they went with the cameron grimes character here yeah i agree uh completely i I loved the the haunted house of terror as a whole i wish it would have been anyone else but cameron grimes 
Um, I, I really like Dexter Loomis. I think he's come a long way from Sam Shaw. Um, you know, Ken Anderson calling him a creepy bastard a long time ago right. has really paid off for him in the long run because he's embraced it. Yeah, he and really it's working. has. And it, it is working. I really like Dexter Loomis. I really, I really like Cameron Grimes. I think both of them could be really, really big characters. But I, I think this was not. I mean, I get it. It's it's Halloween, and we're we're allowed to do cheese dick shit on Halloween. But I just didn't like what they did to Cameron Grimes here. It didn't really hurt Loomis at all. Loomis just got to be himself and got to get over. It should. You're right. It should have been somebody other. You know, it should have been Velveteen Dream. It would have made sense with Velveteen Dream. Yeah, because you could, and Velveteen Dream would have done it better. He would have had. He would have done it better, and it wouldn't have hurt Velveteen the way that I'm afraid that this might have hurt Cameron Grimes, both in the acting department and you know that that character part of it. I, I kept waiting for Shaggy and Scooby to show up just any moment, and then you got those <laughs> women crawling around all contorted there. Uh, yeah, you know what I was thinking is is since it was uh, the what was it called the Haunted House of Horrors match. Yeah, Haunted House of Terror. Okay, Haunted House of Terror. First of all, if you're writing this show and you're wanting it to be nostalgic, you should have called this the Chamber of Horrors match. Mm-hmm. And you should have probably added like six more people to it. And you should have ended it with somebody getting fucking electrocuted in an electric <laughs> chair in the middle of the damn ring. That's what should have happened if you really wanted to do some nostalgia there and I mean I mean it would have been it would have been better than those cheap ass WCW jokes with the uh with the the Shockmaster and the Yete and <laughs> Oh, you do talk about you talk about popping. You talk about popping when the Yeti came too. out there and and humped on old Drake Maverick. Yeah. I, I just I just popped. Hey, I you know what? It. I thought the whole thing was fun. I did think it was fun, but as a fan of comedy, I think that it, it had WC or it, it had uh, WWE writers all over it, and so it wasn't that funny. It could have been really funny, but instead they just threw. I just feel like it was thrown together, but it still popped me too because it still had that nostalgia effect. And honestly, anything that has the Shockmaster involved, I'm I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming around to the Yeti. I, I think I've, a, a friend of mine, Nathan Bush, put on this worst gimmicks of all time uh, tournament on on his Facebook page the other day, and the Yeti advanced really far. I think he made it to like the semifinals of worst gimmick of all time. <laughs> so right here, this segment gets borderline ugly, but we don't go into full ugly, but I guess we'll revisit that because, you know, it comes back to us later. This next match, the only thing that I could say about the beginning of this match is Rhea Ripley is a star. And when we see her and Charlotte Flair go at it at WrestleMania, like 45 is going to be classic. (laughs) If we, if, if it's 45, it might be sooner. Hopefully it's sooner. I want to see that classic match, main roster, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And I know Derek does does not want to see that because he hates Charlotte Flair for some fucked up reason. I'm not even sure why, but it'll probably be at like WrestleMania 39, and that'll be the year that I that, I don't know. I'll, I'll go to a bathroom break or something for that match. <laughs> well, your luck, it'll probably be the main event. 
Right. And maybe that's the WrestleMania you can actually go to, and then during that match you can get out before all the I traffic. Can get out before everybody's gone. Yeah. Boom. See, it turns out to be a blessing in disguise. And if you're with me, we will have a car service, and we won't be waiting on an Uber at 4.30 a.m., my brother. I can tell you that much. Well, I'm going to be fine then because I'm going to be with Stephen P. New. So There you go. But anyway, does anybody not believe that Rhea Ripley is just the future of WWE women's wrestling? I think so. I, I mean, she's just got franchise written all over her. She looks like Randy Orton to me. She looks like Brock Lesnar. You know, she looks like the future of the sport to me. And, you know, she's got so much potential. If she stays healthy, you know, and, and I understand that's a big if, uh, but if she stays healthy, uh, she can go through character transformations if she wants. You know, she doesn't always have to have that sort of goth black pleather look that she's got. You know, she can... She's going to be able to go through some character transformations, some appearance transformations, and love the fact that she was matched up with a gal tonight who was two inches taller than she is. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know what? I didn't have really high expectations for this match, but then it got into it. It, it was a smash mouth affair. It was. And those punches, guys on AEW's roster – Ought to take lessons from those two young ladies on how to throw a punch and how to sell a punch. Both, whether it was gut shots, whether it was body shots or shots to the face, those young ladies knew how to throw punches and how to sell the other's punches. Where did you sit on this match, Derek? Um, I thought it was great. I can't even like pretend like it was a bad match because traditionally I don't, um, I don't, get too wrapped up in the women's wrestling matches. And the biggest reason is because right, they, can't, they, can't, <laughs> they can't draw you in because they lack this thing called body weight. So they don't make a lot of sound with the ring. So you don't always feel and hear and experience everything going on in the ring. And that's, that's the biggest issue with women's wrestling. It, it truly is. But there's a difference when you have two hard hitting, taking hard bumps and the headbutt from Rhea Ripley mid match wow. was wicked. Jeez, yep. I know, man. Like I, I, I was it, like, it looked like a it looked like a Glasgow kiss, did it not? Yeah, it yes. Did. My my notes at that time was like that's it. That looked like a Glasgow kiss, for sure. I mean, it, it, yeah. it was definitely one hell of a headbutt. So um, I, I gave this match a, a solid uh, solid three and a half four stars. Good match. Three and a half easily. Um, like I said, a few little rocky places and, and at no fault of Rhea Ripley, you know, um, Raquel Gonzalez, she's, she's still a little bit new to the, the, the bigger scene. Um, but once she polishes up a little bit, she'll be somebody to watch. Yeah, she will too. Uh, she's six foot tall and, you know, has potential there. You know, you could tell that she was clearly lesser experienced than Rhea, but you know, if she's able to carry the smaller wrestlers, you know, through matches and things like that, because she's not going to match up to a, a Rhea Rip, excuse me, a Rhea Ripley all the time. But man, you, you know, put her in there uh, against uh, a Nia Jax or a Shayna Baszler, that'd be a good match. You could have some really good matches with Rhea Ripley. I think she could probably work a good match with just about anybody. So 
This next segment is where we go into the ugly for me because everything I said about Cameron Grimes earlier, I have to double down and say even more about this when we turn this cinematic match into an in-ring product. And Cameron Grimes is backpedaling from these zombies and he keeps repeating the same thing. You know he's lost some lines here. and Or maybe he just wasn't even fed any lines. And they were just like, act like you're scared. And he had no idea how to even do that because he's Trevor fucking Lee and he shouldn't be afraid of anything. I, I, I just... Uh, I, I did not like this. I did not like how they buried buried this all on top of Cameron Grimes even more. And I just feel like they cut the legs off of this character that, that actually is really a good character. Wade Barrett said as much on, on the air. Did yeah. you guys hear him as he was calling the match? Uh, Wade Barrett said as much. Yeah, I, and I also heard, I heard Wade Barrett say, where's this smoke coming from? Like he's... <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't understand any of like nobody briefed me on any of this. His what his Halloween costume was a gavel. <laughs> that was his Halloween costume. He went as yeah. Bad News Barrett. He went I guess as Bad News Barrett. Yeah, he went as right. Bad News Barrett for Halloween. <laughs> I'm glad to see him back. Actually, uh, Wade Barrett being back, even in a in an announcer role, he was great on Power, and I think that it's great that he's on NXT. Question I have for you that has nothing to do with tonight's show is what do you think is going to happen when power comes back? Who is going to take his spot? Uh, no one will take his spot. Someone will sit in a chair that looks like the one that they gave him and try really, really hard to not get fired when they have to live up to, to the job that he done while he was there, because that was one of the best things they had going. So one thing that I thought was cool, 31 years to the day, October 28th, 1989, Halloween Havoc was born, and then tonight we watched the show. Tonight, 30, 31 years later. Uh, that was pretty it cool. It would have been nice since WWE owns that footage to have inserted some of those flat. They could have done some flashbacks they to sure some could of have. that. They sure could you have. Know, and you know what else they could have done? in 89. Uh, which I remember Derek was in utero. Apparently I was in my senior year of high school uh, having just come back from Fort Knox, but yeah, it would have been nice if they had a flashback to it. Kind of neat that 31 years to the day, they're doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, it is. I think that it might've been cool to add an extra hour to the show and then kick back to all kinds of Halloween havocs, you know, during the show. Or going to the network with, you know, the, the best of Halloween havoc kind of thing. Now, this next part here is not any surprise that's going to be on the good list. Tomasa Champa cuts one of the best promos in the business. Top guy. That's straight, straight all up. you can say about Tomasa Champa. And, you know, I, I know he's hurt some and he's out and this, that, and the other. And, and I wish he was healthier. He's got a little bit of age on him. Talk about a top guy, though, and, and a guy that he can go. When he can go, he's top shelf. Promo-wise, though, my goodness, just blows the doors off. Yeah, it's, cr- it's awesome. And I know that you've got to have the same opinion, Derek. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the Sicilian psychopath. I mean, he is like leaps and bounds above most when it comes to just speaking. And then you put him in a ring himself, and he could literally make anybody look like a star. And that's the yep. difference between a good pro wrestler and a top tier 
elite pro wrestler is not only can they look good, but they make anybody that steps in the ring with them a star. That is correct. So next up, we see somebody that some of you may know, some of you may not know. Poppy comes out, and she is going to be doing the theme music for Io Shirai as she comes out to face Candice LeRae for this uh, NXT Women's Championship. They do a spin the wheel, make the deal. And do, first of all, do either of you know who Poppy is? I don't, but I like her. Poppy X. Well, Poppy is pretty interesting because she didn't used to be a musician. She used to be like a viral video YouTuber or something. She's got like a gimmick that she's like from outer space. Um, It's weird because I think her videos are popular because she's hot, but she still has this empty look about her that makes her kind of horror in a way. Like, uh, it's, it's weird, but then she got a band and now she's doing music and she showed up on NXT tonight. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Mm. It's always cool when a wrestler gets, you know, a live entrance from someone, but she, she puts on a show while she's there too. She's not just on a stage kind of singing like her whole just atmosphere is entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's kind of in this moment ish, but it also is, it's, it's its own thing as well. It's very interesting. It also reminds me of uh, baby metal. You ever heard of baby metal? Mm-hmm. I went and seen Baby Metal in concert once. It was <laughs> quite an interesting thing to go see. But, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, Baby Metal and In This Moment mixed with some new, fresh stuff. Either way, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, spin the wheel, make the deal. One thing that made my bad list is I'm pretty sure that belt was already hanging over the over the ring before they spun the, spun the wheel. A- am I wrong there? Yeah, I think you are. I'm pretty sure she come out wearing the belt. Did she come out wearing the belt? Yeah. Okay, well, they got that. But the the rack was hanging above the ring for the belt already. I mean, it was prepped and ready. But And yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, was... I didn't see a cage prepped and ready, but there was a cage on that wheel. Right. <laughs> so, well, but... there was also a coal miner's glove on that wheel. And I'm very disappointed that they did not do that match. And I can't not go into this episode without mentioning it. You and I have talked about it like that should have been the winner. That should have been the opening match. It really should have. I mean, it absolutely should have been the, uh, the opening match at coal miners club because it has that nostalgia. You know, you've seen Jake, the snake Roberts versus sting in the first ever spin the wheel, make the deal match. And that was a coal miners glove match. It just seems like it would fit to, to do that again. Um, also it was 1982 and mid Atlantic wrestling was coming to the Bluefield armory. Ivan Koloff versus Mike Rotunda in a coal miners glove match. And I remember thinking as an 11 year old kid, so help me to God, if the Russian bear gets that glove, he'll kill Mike Rotunda. I'm like, we're going to have a funeral on mid Atlantic (laughs) wrestling because Ivan Koloff will kill Mike Rotunda in a coal miners glove match. And I've loved the concept of it ever since. You know, there's probably a shit ton of people that are like, why do these three guys love the coal miners glove match so much? But you have to remember that all three of us, Grew up in West Virginia, and when you grow up in West Virginia, 
then you then you see a lot of coal miners glove matches at, at, at all kinds of indie shows. I remember going to shows when I was a kid, and it was like coal miners glove match was like a standard. Like who's gonna fight in the coal miners glove match tonight? Because that's just the West Virginia gimmicks. So. <laughs> I remember Kevin Nash was on guest commentary on Nitro one night and popped over. You know they were talking about so I don't know if it was Halloween Havoc or what pay per view they had coming up. They were talking about stipulations, and Kevin Nash popped over the coal miners glove. Match. Match, which made me pop in turn. So yeah, you're right. Uh, you got a three hillbillies from Southern West Virginia here. We're yeah. we're going to show a little love for the coal miners. Yeah, we, I didn't see it on the wheel. So Derek, I'm glad that you. Ca- I'm glad you caught that. When I found out they were having the wheel for Halloween Havoc, the first time they showed it, I was just sitting here scanning all the way around, and, and sure enough, like this is the only thing I was looking for was that match. It had to be there. If it wasn't there, the whole thing would have been bullshit. It would have been a complete <laughs> fucking fraud. If, if that's it. So in this match, I noticed that Candice LeRae, because I'm not a huge fan of Io Shirai or Candice LeRae. I'm, I'm not anti them. I'm just not big on them. But Candice LeRae, I noticed tonight, and obviously she probably trains with this guy every single day, but she wrestles a lot like Johnny Gargano. Like, they have a lot of the same mannerisms, a lot of the same movements. It's, I mean, it's not like the, you know, the exact same move set, but just the way that she goes about certain things, like, uh, you know, like Irish whips and, and pickups off the ground and, and things like that, she just reminds you of Johnny Gargano. Am I the only one that noticed that? Candace LeRae is getting better every week in ring. She, her product in ring is improving. Now, whether that's due to her relationship or whatever, I, I don't know, but it, it is getting better. And, and I think that she's going to elevate herself wrestling like that. They're kind of in the perfect scenario. I mean, hey, we do this for a living. We have to stay polished and stay t- in tune with everything going on they probably have a ring in their basement. I mean, just constantly training with one another. They're right. going to pick up little things like that from each other. Yeah. But yeah, I can see exactly. I mean, I see what you're saying for sure. I didn't have high hopes for this match. I didn't think this match was going to be great. I was, I was sitting there thinking like, I can't believe they made this the main event instead of, you know, something else. But this match surprised me because it was a great ladder match. I mean, this, this was, this was a lot better than I ever expected it to be. It was. It, it blew the doors off. I think both these ladies, you know, elevated their game. You know, you give somebody a main event match, they they either rise to it or it's more than they're able to pull off, and you can tell that, that they're out of their league. I thought both Candice LeRae and Io Shirai upped their game tonight in the main event of what felt like a pay-per-view Wednesday night. So I, that's better than I have seen Io Shirai wrestle. Uh, was it because she was wrestling Candice? I don't know. But I thought both of them brought their A games tonight. I thought that a TLC match uh, was a good choice. Maybe in some other kind of gimmick, it doesn't work quite as well. But I thought both these young ladies were able to pull off uh, the tables and the ladders and the chairs. The, the tables seemed a little bit contrived when they did that double fall out onto the gimmicked up tables on, on the one side of the ring. And I was like, yeah, but holy smokes. When Io Shirai did that ankle spin with the chair. That was awesome, man. I've never seen anybody do that before. 
Ah, I, I mean, it made my ankle hurt it really, when I watched yeah, that. And I'm I, like, that that's good stuff right there. It really was. And you know what? Another shot that really, uh, really got me was the laptop shot to the face. That looked legit. It really, mm-hmm. it really fucking did. Absolutely. And to me, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Io Shirai. I, I never really have been. Um, and, you know, Candice LeRae, take her a lever. This is a four-star match. It was. It was. And absolutely. I did not expect it. I was expecting two stars all day. Yes, absolutely. Well, and and, and that, that chair spot was great. I mean. Had you ever seen anybody do that before? Because I never, never have. I, I have uh, never seen that. And when she missed trying to hook it the first time, I was just sitting there thinking, what in the hell are you trying to do? But when she hit that that dragon screw type leg whip with it, man, that was <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the fall to the outside. I gotta give it to Candice LeRae. I've seen a lot of dudes not take that kind of bump to yeah. the outside off a off a ladder. They they looked they look they look scared to take it. They don't know quite how to position their bodies or whatever. And you could tell that Candace turned right there at the end to kind of take the angle off of, of how bad it. Oh my God. She looked broken in half. It kind of, I was imagining that she probably could have gotten pinched by the ladder when it came down. Cause she was dead center. Like I, it was, it was a very, very interesting fall. Yeah, it was, but I could tell she maneuvered just the right way as that ladder was falling to where it didn't pinch her up, and, you know, she was able to then lay back on her back on the floor, just looking the way somebody ought to look, which is knocked knocked out if that happened to you for real. I, I'll be honest, I really thought Candice LeRae was going to win this match. Going into it, I did too, and, and you know. Even up until uh, the end. I mean, even up till right until the end, I, I think that, that makes you want to watch the next one. The chase is what it's all about, you know. So right, you're right. That's right. Keep them coming back for more. So that about closes it for Halloween Havoc NXT. But I, I've got to talk about the the first two spin the wheel, make the deal matches ever. Since we're talking about Halloween Havoc, I got to talk about some 92 WCW. They made this for me. I swear. I've been bitching about them not using Halloween Havoc <laughs> since 2001. And, and now, <laughs> finally, finally, they give me Halloween Havoc. And I, I know everybody remembers Sting versus Jake the Snake Roberts. But do you remember the 1993 spin the wheel, make the deal, Steve? I do not. I was on a sabbatical in pro wrestling then. They spin the wheel. And it lands on the Texas death match. And we see Big Van Vader go up against Cactus Jack. And it was awesome. Love some spin the wheel, make the deal. 92 WCW. Actually, it was 93. 92 was uh, Sting and Jake. But 93 WCW. Fantastic. Now, which is the one that was the Abdullah in the electric chair? That was 91. 91. That's 1991. <laughs> the Chamber of Horrors. I back and watch that one. Up and down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, had to toggle that switch a couple times to get some juice to it. That's Absolutely, right. I oh, love, man, I love it when they. So... 
I love it when they show Abdullah and he's in the chair and the switch is on on and it's not shocking him. And then he turns it right. to off and then, then it falls back down to on. They can't get it to stay up. That match, that match is golden. You got Eligante running around not knowing what the fuck to do. This guy, right. this guy didn't even realize he was a wrestler until five years into his career. It's, <laughs> This was a match. If you have not seen the Chamber of Horrors match, get on the WWE Network. Look up 1991 WCW. The whole thing is pretty good. You get to see you get to see Rick Rude come out and be the Halloween Phantom. You get to see um, Ron Simmons and Lex Luger, and but then you really get the gold. Well, you actually get the gold right out the gate. It's the very first match. The Chamber of Horrors match is the first match on the pay per view. Boom. And you get such an awesome. I mean, you, you, what do you what do you want? What more do you want? You got Scott Hall, Abdul the Butcher, Eligante, Big Van Vader, Sting, um, Cactus uh, the, Jack. the Cactus Jack, the Steiner Brothers. I mean, <laughs> you could not possibly ask for more. An electric chair in the middle of the fucking ring, and right. and weird so, dr- weird people in so, uh, the coffins. So speaking of the electric chair, do you like? Do you think it would have like really like just crushed Cactus Jack had he not like got out from under? Do you think he forgot it was coming down at that time? And Rick Steiner's like, "Hey, you got to move, man. It's yeah, coming." Yeah, and you can almost see Rick Steiner's like, "Oh shit, he's gonna get squashed." <laughs> yeah, they, it, believe me, if you if you have no idea what we're talking about, please go and watch the Chamber of Horrors match WCW Halloween Havoc 1991. It is worth watching and this and, show and that we jim watched ross just sells it yeah you know he does uh J- jim ross sells it from start to finish realistic as all get out with this supposed electric chair and the way jr called that match uh it was just hilarious <laughs> it really was it's definitely <laughs> worth watching just like this show tonight was definitely worth watching, and I'm glad we did, even though I'm pretty sure AEW was probably better. <laughs> so what, what do you what do you think? Do you think AEW was better? Do you think we're going to get more enjoyment out of tomorrow when we watch On Demand? Or do you think tonight's going to be uh, Eric Bischoff, I saw on social media briefly. I've tried not to get any match results or anything, but Bischoff came back. I saw Tony Khan tweeting at Eric Bischoff for a segment, a town hall segment with MJF and Jericho. So oh, I want to see how that goes. I'm sure that's going to be good. I wonder if they're going to break out into song and dance again. Uh, we, we will have to find out tomorrow. All right. Good morning, Baltimore. <laughs> There's the flasher who lives next door. I tell you what, Steve, you're no MJF. Nice. Do you do your darn right. Thank you for joining us on this review, the good, the bad, and the ugly of NXT Halloween Havoc. For Derek Jones and Stephen P. New, we will see you next time right here in the House of Kayfabe on either the show or on the good, the bad, and the ugly. House of Kayfabe. Well, there you have it. Join us next time for the good, the bad, and the ugly right here on the kayfabe stream be sure to click subscribe this has been a product of superior radio network